0: Hi everyone, it's Coach Folds from the Wilford Laurier Golden Hawks, and you're listening to At The 55.
1: Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. In the lead up to the 2021 OUA season, I figured there'd be no one better to help answer some questions about what this Laurier Golden Hawk team is going to look like in the 2021 season than the head coach of said Golden Hawks, Michael Folds. Coach, thank you so much for joining me today. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on again, Zach. Uh, excited to chat Laurier football with you.
1: Absolutely, and uh, you know the the point I want to start at is uh, I spoke with with Trey Ford, of course, QB of the the rival of of yours, the Waterloo Warriors. Spoke with him recently, and one of the things I asked him about that I'd love to get your take on is. Of all the things that makes this season unique, and I want to get into that, the six games, the, the the east-west split in the OUA, one thing that comes with that is having a few rematches in season. Sometimes we get a playoff rematch from time to time. But of course, if we're talking Laurier football, we're talking the Battle of Waterloo, Golden Hawks, Warriors. So I want to start there, and I'll start by asking this does the rematch in season cuz unfortunately despite how good those games have been in regular season we haven't got the playoff match-up rematch in in uh, recent years does the rematch in season this year do you think that intensifies the rivalry or in some ways do you think it waters it down whereas in other years you only get one crack at the rival now it's maybe a little less pressure how do you interpret getting the the two shots at the warriors this year
0: yeah i think more is better right i think you know when you think of Calgary Stampeders and Edmonton Elk you think of Ticats Argos Um, anytime you're getting a rivalry game and you get to see it a couple times I think that's a benefit obviously the the community uh, in the KW area loves watching Warriors and Golden Hawk football so it's going to be a lot of excitement and as you alluded to uh, the western side of the OUA um, is really a gauntlet so these two football games against, uh, you know, the Warriors are going to be very meaningful for us. Um, one of them comes in week two and then the next one comes at the very end of the season. So, um, you know, in a normal year, how many different playoff scenarios there are. Um, I'm sure every single week people are going to be looking at standings and wondering how everything's going to, you know, be decided. So those two football games are important. Um, And, uh, you know, Coach Bertoy has done an amazing job over there. You mentioned Trey Ford, who's really the leader of that team and, you know, an extremely explosive player. But we're also confident in what we have. And, uh, you know, I think the community is really going to get two exciting football games. And who knows, um, you know, we could finally see that playoff matchup and actually play each other three times this year.
1: I don't know how. I don't know if the KW can take a, a three-peat uh, matchup between those two teams. I think it would, uh, I don't know. It would, it would be a little too much. But let's talk about the community for a second because that kind of brings up one of the other question marks that I've had about not just with Laurier, but OEO football in general. Do we have a sense yet of what type of. Uh, access there will be at the games? Are they going to be open for the community, for students to come watch? Is that still in the works? Is it going to be limited in some sense? Do we know uh, what that's looking like right now?
0: Yeah, nothing has been completely firmed up, but I think there is optimism, uh, both at Waterloo and here at Laurier, um, depending, depending on the situation with COVID. But both universities making it mandatory for vaccines for students on campus and staff, I think is a very positive step. Um, in us seeing fans in the stands Um, obviously you know with a year of out with no football we're just excited to get back and we'd be willing to play without fans but at the same time there's nothing like you know looking up in the crowd and seeing a lot of purple and gold Um, and same thing when you're on the road right when you're in a hostile environment and you have the other team Uh, Fans out there and cheering on. Um, It makes, you know, OUA football really real. Um, And the Battle of Waterloo is super important for that. So obviously, our student bodies want to come out, but there's a lot of community members that have ties to both universities. So we're optimistic. Um, I hazard a guess it won't be full capacity, but I I believe there will be spectators in some capacity.
1: Well, I mean, that's great news, not only for, like you said, the this whole spectacle of it but for those of us who try and cover the games uh it's great to know we'll be able to actually be there live uh, to watch and, and and see what goes on on the sort of point of the the format of this year the two divisions east west and as you mentioned you're in the west side with not only waterloo but with western with mac with guelph with windsor um you know, doesn't take much more than observing how the standings have broken out the last few years to see that it is a little more heavily loaded with teams that have had playoff success than the the teams in the east side. But I'm curious, um, and also with that as well, six games um, as opposed to the regular eight game schedule. But I have to imagine in the lead up to that, there were probably conversations about other ways to make this happen or other formats. Or maybe there weren't. So I'm just kind of curious because I assume you probably had some uh, word in that or heard about that. What kind of other options were there in terms of return to play or was it kind of always it was going to be this kind of a split? um, What do you know about that uh, component of of how the schedule came to be?
0: Yeah, well, I actually know quite a bit and and I'm proud to say that all 11 uh, head coaches met regularly throughout the pandemic. Um, So although we're competitors on Saturday afternoons and we might dislike each other's teams um, during those times, uh, we came together this pandemic and kind of met bi-weekly throughout. Um, And this includes, you know, way back last summer in in 2020 uh, when the season was first canceled, we were already looking ahead to 2021. Um, So we had several different scheduling models, um, basically Um, a a different plan, A, B, C, and so on, Um, and, you know, had to obviously see where we were at in terms of the pandemic. So we had everything from a 10-game schedule to an eight-game schedule to, you know, our current six-game schedule. We even had as small as a four-game schedule. Um, I think when it came down to it, and again, our coaches kind of agreed on it and proposed it to the OUA and the athletic directors, was that first and foremost was safety. So um, obviously we wanted to limit overnight trips and long bus trips. And we also recognized that universities' football budgets were hurting a little bit um, because of the 2020 no season. So we decided if we could keep travel uh, to a, a minimum that would help things. So the intent uh, when we started matching up and trying to figure out how we could work this out is We knew we didn't want Carleton or Ottawa to have to go west of the Toronto area. And we knew the teams to the far west, Windsor and Western, we didn't want them to have to travel east of Guelph. The teams in the middle, like Laurier, Waterloo, and so on, could go a little bit uh, cross-divisional. But for the most part, we kind of drew the line um, at the GTA. So uh, the coaches definitely had a huge say in the schedule. And although the argument might be, you know, parody, everything's not even our whole mindset as a group of 11 coaches was let's just find a way to get football back in a safe manner. And if schedules aren't completely fair at the end of the day, if we finish a 2021 season, we're all going to be happy.
1: Yeah, no one wants to be the one coach or one of the two coaches being like, yeah, it's great we got football back, but hold on, maybe we need to, it's like, you're right, at the end of the day, none of that really matters uh, as long as we have football. You kind of mentioned the way that perhaps budgets have been affected and there's obviously a lot of things going into this year, the safety concern being number one of making sure that everything uh, goes smoothly and we don't have to worry about anything on that side of things. But obviously, there are a number of reasons on top of the schedule, on top of budgets, on top of COVID that make this year a little more interesting, one of which we kind of talked about before starting rec- recording there, the idea of having this sort of double cohorts of not just recruits coming in, those who expected to start in 2020 and now who those who expect to start in 2021, but also as well a bit of a double senior class with those who thought they were going to graduate after 2020 and and now the class graduating after 2021, etc. Um, obviously, we're still a few days away from camp, but you obviously have gotten a feel for you know who's been around the team uh what kind of uh impact do you think that's going to have come training camp come the first kind of couple weeks where uh my goodness you know competition in those camps is always just uh sky high coming off a summer where most guys are just training aren't playing football but now this is over a year almost two years of guys not playing football the extra recruits the extra senior class how do you kind of see all that playing out what types of impacts do you do you think that'll have
0: yeah, well, it, it is super interesting. Like, I, I kind of look at it from the lens that normally when I think of, okay, Western Guelph, any of the teams on our, our schedule or any team around the OUA, you have a really good grasp of all of their players. Um, this year, we don't. You know, it, it's hard to know which teams have seniors that decided to come back. And it, you almost forget the two recruiting classes that every team had. Uh, What I am proud to say is that U Sports and the OUA both agreed that with teams not playing last year and with spring camps happening when Ontario was in a lockdown, um, they've allowed us coaches to be with our teams throughout the summer. Um, So you look on most teams' social media accounts Everyone's doing some form of practices now and team runs and so on. So uh, I think there's a lot of new players in the locker room. Speaking of Laurier, for instance, we're kind of 50-50 year players in their first and second year versus upper uh, year players. Um, And I think most teams are are probably similar to that. So there's going to be a lot of new faces around the OUA, but it's going to be really exciting football um and us being allowed to practice throughout the summer um i think is going to make sure that the quality is still there and really good uh but it is an interesting dynamic because we've got a lot of 17 and 18 year olds and then we've got a lot of kind of 23 24 year olds and, and not much in between so it's it's kind of your senior players and your youth players
1: well, then, on that point, and, and kind of the last thing I want to ask you about, and, of course, without giving anything away, because, as you mentioned, I, I, you know, coaches across the league are trying to figure out, well, who's going back? Did, is he sticking? See if all those types of things. So without giving anything away that you're not wanting to, who are some names, whether as some veterans that have uh, – decide to come back in their upper years or some young guys that have uh, boy, they've been working over the summer just for those who are going to be following the OUA, Golden Hawks fans, whomever that might be listening to this to keep their eyes open for when you guys take the field?
0: Yeah, well, a few names that decided to come back and we were happy about it. Um, you know, safety Christian Hutter Coppin, uh, defensive back Will Amoa, Mo- uh, receiver Ente Agavon. So, uh, we're happy that they're all back. Um, they obviously all would have played their senior year in 2020 and were disappointed by not being able to. So, um, you know, after a lot of soul searching and deciding um, they have decided to come back. So we're excited about that. Um, and then we have a great nucleus of players um, that this would be their senior year, but it turns out this is kind of their junior year. Um, and looking no further than our, our veteran quarterback, Connor Carousello, who's uh you know, done a great job over the pandemic and uh, looks to be in really good shape. Um, The timing actually of a pandemic uh, wasn't bad with us bringing in a new offensive coordinator and Todd Galloway. Um, So it would have been a rush to get kind of the new system and new playbook in, but having the extra year to work on it um, has been beneficial. Um, And then on the defensive side, we've got some outstanding players, um, you know, First-team OUA all-star Tommy Beringi kind of leads that linebacking core. Um, But, you know, across the team, there's six players that were announced to the East-West Bowl, and all of them are back and and excited to play. So uh, it it should be a really good squad. Um, But like we said, every single week uh, in the OUA West, um, there's tough matchups. So uh, it's going to be tough to predict how it's going to play out.
1: I'm still not quite getting used to hearing the term OUA West, but I guess I better because, uh, wow, we are we are currently sitting with this interview August 17th. We are, I guess, less than a month away from seeing week one when you and your Laurie Goldhawks take on the York Lions. And uh, from then on, just a mad dash to the finish, and I can't wait to see how it all plays out. So, uh, Coach, uh, best of luck moving into training camp and then into the season. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a blast one way or the other. Take care, All right.
0: All right, thanks for having me on, Zach.